I'm Katie Bennett-Stenton, a dual Australian-US citizen and the National Marketing Lead for Energy Resources and Industrials with Deloitte in Australia. I'm fortunate enough to be spending two exciting months in our Chicago office while I put my kids into school and finalise their US citizenship. And I'm really delighted to have the opportunity to spend time with a number of our global experts, thinkers and leaders. I'm currently immersing myself in a different culture within a much larger team and I'm excited about the insights and learnings. Throughout this time, I'm speaking to different leaders and sharing thought-provoking, relevant and influential takeaways. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Marlene Matika, who is Deloitte's US and global renewable energy leader. Marlene, great to speak to you today. Yeah, thanks, Katie. I'm happy to join you. I'm interested, just before we, we get into the questions that we talked about earlier, if, if you could tell listeners a little bit about your background, which is really interesting. I think it's all, always much more interesting to hear directly from the person rather than me um, read your bio. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, happy to, to provide just some of that background. Um, I've uh, grown up in the northeast of, of the United States and lived in the, in the northeast United States my entire life. Um, but I've had the opportunity to travel tremendously, and I'll, I'll get into that. Um, but I have an, a mechanical engineering undergraduate degree and worked for a few years in, in engineering, and that's where I actually had my first exposure to the power industry. I was uh, working for an architectural engineering firm that was doing some design work at power plants and, and actually even uh, paper uh, product manufacturing facilities. Um, but then I moved from there to a, to a job with our local, New Jersey local um, transportation um, authority for, for trains, et cetera. But after two different jobs in engineering, I decided it wasn't for me and went back to school and got my MBA in finance. And then I started with Deloitte after that. So I'm coming up on um, 23 years at Deloitte. Uh, all of that in the valuation uh, practice. But over time, uh, the work I've done, who I've worked for, has uh, changed tremendously, and obviously the, the leadership opportunities I had. So I originally started doing work, uh, valuing assets internationally for cross-border lease transactions, which were allowed under the U.S. IRS regulations. So I've been to Australia and New Zealand. I've been to um, Japan, uh, all over Europe. I've, I've been to the Netherlands 30 times, and it was all fabulous. And then the IRS shut that regulation down and uh, <laughs> okay. was no longer able to do that work. So I started doing work in the U.S., um, focusing on power and utilities. And then about 12 years ago, I got into renewable energy, and it's increasingly become a larger part of my business. And actually, it's most of what I do today is renewable energy and have had the opportunity to about 10 years ago, become the U.S. renewable energy leader, and then most recently, uh, Deloitte's global renewable energy leader, which has been uh, fantastic. What an interesting interesting background, and, and I think certainly a really um, poignant lesson in terms of needing to be agile and, you know, pivot away yes. from, from, <laughs> from, from what was your bread and butter for quite a while. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Things, things are always changing, which makes life exciting. I mean, you know, the, the base of what I do, you know, is pretty much the same, but who I do it with, why I'm doing it, um, you know, the assets that I'm covering when I'm doing that work has changed over time. So it's been really interesting. 
Well, and it's, I mean, it's such a fascinating space. We, Deloitte Australia, is sponsoring the Australian Financial Review Energy Summit in Sydney mm. next week. And we're yeah. releasing a paper there uh, around looking at a number of different scenarios as to how organisations can move to being carbon neutral. And, yeah. you know, it's it's just changing and evolving on a yeah. weekly or daily basis. So, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a fascinating topic. Yeah. Um, so, Marlene, we might get into the questions. You you talked a yeah. little bit about some of the travel that you've done mm-hmm. and, and a huge amount of time that you've spent in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to understand a little bit more about how your life and your career improves mm-hmm. as, as a result of being better connected with people across the globe. So, um, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I started traveling internationally when I first started at Deloitte, and I never expected to do as much travel as I did, but, you know, it was fascinating. I I met um, so many different people. I I went to, in some cases, very small communities and towns, and, you know, one time we were dealing with a a CEO of a, um, a utility in the Netherlands. He brought us to his in-law's house where they had a very old windmill, like an old traditional windmill that was still grinding grain and had been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, And then they fed us apples from their apple orchards. I mean, so I was able to really see things that I think even most tourists aren't able to see. But I think what you learn from that is being able to deal with and understand different um, styles that people have, different personalities, different cultures. It's also important. And even if you're, you know, in the U.S. and you work in the U.S., you're dealing with different cultures and different personalities because things are becoming so global. So I think it really um, opens you up to thinking about how people look at things differently, how they may deal with a situation differently. And diversity, you know, brings us stronger, whether it's, mm. you know, diversity of, of age or, or religion or, you know, um, what your heritage is. So I think it's great. And I've, I just always use it as a learning opportunity. And when I became the U.S., the, the global renewable energy leader, excuse me, you know, um, what's, what's interesting is I can't be an expert on every country's renewable energy because everything is so different and specific and it's driven by different factors and there's different, um, you know, kind of entities involved. Um, So I'm learning a lot myself and what my role is, is really to connect um, all these different parties and make people more broadly aware how prominent renewables is on a global basis. Um, But it's, it's hard to be a global expert because everything is so unique and different, but it's a great opportunity to learn. I think that globalization is only going to continue. And so to be able to be connected to it, you know, in my role, I feel I'm very fortunate. Oh, absolutely. And, I, you know, I think any opportunity to to work across different cultures and to truly experience them, as you described in in the yeah. Netherlands, makes an experience yeah. so much more rich yeah. than, you know, just, just staying in a, um, you know, fairly homogenised, fancy five-star yeah. hotel and not really getting into the culture. I, I think, I think exactly. any experience is much richer along those lines. Exactly, so, exactly. so 
You've been to Australia, Marlene. Tell me, what, what's the mm-hmm. one thing that you don't understand about Australia or Australians? <laughs> okay. So uh, a beautiful place, a long way for me to go to get there, but I Certainly. loved it. Uh, I had a chance to be um, in Sydney and then South uh, Adelaide. Okay. Um, I think the one thing I really, first of all, people are very nice. Um, for the most part, food is fantastic. What I don't understand is Vegemite and people actually <laughs> like it. Vegemite. I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very open to trying new things. I've tried it and I just, I don't understand it. So. I, I think that's really interesting. Each time I've come from the, from, to the States, from Australia to stay with family, I, I bring Vegemite across and, um, <laughs> you know, have always over many years t- shrieked in delight with the, the screwed up faces as, as people... <laughs> As people try yeah. it, um, it's it's really interesting. Yes. I, I was speaking to a friend who has just spent an Australian friend who's just spent some time yeah. in Japan and was doing uh, did a cooking school in in um, an old Japanese lady's house, and they were given a number of miso soup pastes to try from yeah. quite a sort of bland, neutral one through yes. to a very fermented one. And there are about six or eight people in the class from a range of nationalities and she she said that the Australians really favoured the very strong fermented, whereas the Americans yeah. preferred the much <laughs> gentler flavour. And she she ended up saying to them, well, you know what, that's because you like Vegemite, you Australians, you're, you're familiar with this flavour. So... I, yeah. I think that's I think that's good. I, I actually have a, a tube of it here. Marlene, I might I might oh. send it to you afterwards with some instructions <laughs> as, to, as to how to consume. I think, okay. I think one mistake people make is is putting much too much on. So you can, Okay. You can Maybe I haven't had the proper proper guidance. Um, so I'll I'll be open to trying it again, Katie. Fabulous. I'll I'll send it I'll send it to you with some strict instructions as to how to try that and um I'll I'll look forward to hearing back. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great, okay. Marlene. Um I'm interested to know what advice would you give to your ten year old self? Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a good question. Um I guess one thing I would say is um, don't sweat the small stuff. I think I um, was the type of per- person who worried about um, some small things or I worried about things that if I really thought about it um, ended up being irrelevant. And I know that's hard because sometimes when you're younger and as you grow and you, you develop and you go through college and you go through your 20s, some things seem so uh, instrumental, they seem so, you know, kind of earth shattering. Sure. Um, but in the end, they don't always be as they're not as critical as as you expect. And so sometimes I think I, w- I wish I had told myself, you know, take a deep breath. Don't get too worried, you know, put everything in context. Um, and, you know, I think I would have kind of enjoyed uh, situations more and not go, got so stressed out about you know, homework in high school or certain, you know, things in college or even when I first started my career at Deloitte. Sure. Are you, and and how would you say a few years on from your 10-year-old self now, uh, you, do you have that down pat a whole lot better? I've, I've been focusing on it, yes. I mean, in some instances, I think I get caught up in that. Yes. Um, 
And it's interesting because I have 11, my older son is 11, and I see kind of some of those same tendencies in him. So sometimes it is hard, though, you know, I think to to step back and take a deep breath. But I've, you know, been really, really pushing myself uh, to do that. Uh, I, I hear you. I, I do that with my with my 10-year-old daughter a lot. I, I see her doing some of those things. And, yes. you know, although they can't, they can't always learn from our mistakes. I'm I'm trying to have lots right. of conversations with her on that front. I yes. think I think life would be a whole lot sweeter yes. were that handled better, certainly from my perspective. Yeah. Um now I feel that you have somewhat talked about this um already perhaps, Marlene, but tell me what what, what has been the biggest turning point in your career? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, well, I think there are two, and actually they're ones that I haven't necessarily kind of um, touched on um, before in my introduction, one of which was when I was a manager. Um, the partner that I worked for at Deloitte uh, sat, you know, sat me down and said to me, he said, you know, I think you've got um, a great work ethic, you're, you're smart, you've got a great personality, I think you could be a partner here at Deloitte. And I was really kind of taken aback because I hadn't thought of myself in that way. I, I was just kind of going from associate to senior associate to manager, you know, kind of going up. But I didn't really think about that longer term goal. And to have someone who expressed confidence in me and was supporting me and made me think kind of more longer term was fabulous. And so that was very important to me. And that person was definitely a um a sponsor to me and helped me throughout my career. And then, um, actually, although not um, renewable energy uh, leadership roles, but I was asked at one point to be a lead client service partner for a power and utility client in the U.S., and I'm still in that role. Um, And what that role is is um, leading Deloitte's relationship with that client, bringing all of Deloitte to that client. And I hadn't thought of myself in that role you know, sometimes when you're when you're evaluation and modeling professional, you're not always dealing with all the C-suite, and that role would have, you know, requires a lot of interaction with the C-suite, talking with individuals across the organization, whether you have experience in that area or not, like IT. Um, and so I was kind of taken aback when I was asked to take on that role. But again, um, someone who I've worked with and known for years said, you know, Marlene, I, I definitely think you can do it. And I, you know, I jumped at that chance and it's been fabulous. It's really challenged me in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've grown and developed in different ways, which I think have helped me then in my leadership role as U.S. and global renewable energy leaders. So I was able to use it as a stepping stone, but it was me stepping out of my comfort zone, someone giving me an opportunity that I didn't even envision for myself, and I've been able to grow and develop professionally and personally from that role. Uh, the the importance of having having sponsors and mentors and and yeah. people who will will push and steer us, I think, is really yeah. important. Do you, yeah. have you learned from those in the sense of taking a step back from your daylight day job periodically and and thinking about what the next steps might be? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I didn't do um, for, for early on in my career. And so to step back and say, okay, well, here I am now. What can I do next or what do I want to do next? Sure. Um, learning about the fact that you do need um, sponsors and you, you need more than one sponsor, right? You need sponsors 
um, in different areas of your organization. Um, you need different types of mentors that you can um, connect with and learn from. But certainly the fact that you should take time, think about what you want to do, um, think about what goals you want to achieve as opposed to just being in the here and now. Definitely a valuable lesson I've learned um, from my sponsors, you know, um, you know, some of which who are no longer at Deloitte, but I'm still connected to because they have been so valuable. Sure. I'm really interested in in that notion of creating space and time to to step back out of busy lives and and think about what the medium to long-term goal is. Do, do you think, I mean, this is, I guess, asking a bit of a sweeping statement, right. but do you think that people are good at doing that on the whole or is it, I mean, my my observation is that a lot of people just don't do much of that. I no. mean, what are your thoughts? No, no, I don't. I don't think people do much of it. Um, and uh, I don't think we're in, in some cases, not everybody's encouraged to do it either. Um, sure. It's just, you know, okay, you've got to respond to client needs. You, ha- you know, you have to. Um, you know, get this done, get, you know, ABC done. Um, and so I think one good thing at Deloitte is now we've, instead of just doing goals for a year, I mean, some of our goals are set for, you know, a, a, a year long period, but at our, at the, um, at my level now, we're also encouraged to do longer term goals because they realize some goals surpass a year and you'd really need two or three years. And so sure. I think to make that shift um, more so for um, partners, principals, managing directors. I hope they'll start doing that, you know, for, um, for, for more of our a staff level, because I think it is important and it makes you reflect at that time. Um, but I think in general, it doesn't happen on a regular basis. And I think people just get caught in here and now. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I-, I have lots of conversations with, with partners around that when we're, we're talking about personal branding and eminence and the importance yeah. of s- just stepping back. And even if it is for a 12-month period, uh, you know, thinking about what you want to achieve and perhaps setting a goal of even quarterly writing a blog or right. speaking publicly. Right. You know, not not right. especially onerous if you do one every three months, but if you don't take right. that time to sit down and think about it, then it just so often doesn't happen. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one that we could talk about all day. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I have a few more questions for you, Marlene. Yeah. Is there anything, mm-hmm. is there any one thing that you would change about the business environment of today? Um, I feel that in some cases it's getting, um, well, it's too electronic. Um, we oftentimes... Um, don't necessarily, uh, we're not necessarily face-to-face with our clients. Uh, we're more prone to send an email versus pick up a phone. Um, and I feel like in some cases that it takes more time. Um, it creates opportunity for miscommunication and it doesn't create as much bonding and relationship. And now sometimes it is very difficult because, you know, you may work with somebody in another country or across across country from you but uh at least picking up a phone yes and speaking to someone does a lot more than sending an instant message or an email and so i oftentimes am encouraging my team okay 
send an email, but but just be brief and say, can we jump on the phone to discuss it in more detail? Mm -hmm. Because I can guarantee you, you're not going to be able to capture the essence of what you want to communicate in an email. And you're just going to be spending time going back and forth. Um, and so I really push that with them. I really try to um, instill in them the, the personal connection that can even happen on a phone versus any other instance is much stronger. Um, so it's it's a challenge. And I, I know it, um, you know, time differences and time zones also create a challenge. But I really try to push for that. I think you're right. And what what's your thought, just delving into that a little bit further, around the, you know, the the increase in meetings happening remotely rather than than people coming together? I mean, obviously much right. much more significant from a from a cost saving perspective, but, right. but in terms of those right. side conversations and the bonding and the networking yes. and connecting. Yes. Yeah, I mean I think there's some I think I think you're right that sometimes uh, well, I think some cases, um, if it's group that's well known and they're touching base on something to do it through video conference works out. But I think if you're trying to really achieve something and get people connected, you can't replace a live meeting. Um, video conference, you know, again, does at least connect people more. Yes. But you have two different, but then you have two different groups or you have three different groups, right? As opposed to having one group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really interesting distinction and yeah. one where, one we're grappling with regularly. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. Believe me. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Oh, we do I, the, it's the same thing for us. Yes, yes yeah. I bet. Marlene, what <laughs> might, what might people not know about you? Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> So I was was thinking about this and something that's a little bit, well, we, we thought was unusual at the time is I, I actually have three sisters. So my parents have four daughters. Um, and so years ago, this was actually, I think when I was at, I was at Deloitte. So this was after I had, um, you know, um, graduated from, you know, my MBA and all that. My dad um, entered us into the uh the the game of family feud and he wanted to us to audition for family feud okay and i forget who the host was at that point but he thought it would be unique with a dad showing up with four daughters so my sisters and my dad drove down from massachusetts because that were that that's where they lived mm -hmm. and i was in new york so we met up and we made it past the first round now we weren't very unique there were lots of families they're like a dad with four daughters or a mom with four sons. Mm -hmm. We made it first the, past the first round, but then my sisters were like, we, you know, we're not driving there and back in one day. Doing the audition is a very long day. We're like, like, let's not go forward with it. I think my dad is still upset that we never <laughs> went forward with it. But that was, I could have been on, you know, national TV uh, being kissed by some host on um, Family Feud, but it didn't oh, work out. Oh, Marlene, how yeah. different your life could have been. <laughs> I know I could have been a ended up being a reality TV star maybe. Oh man, and we'd never be having this conversation. <laughs> I like it. Do Do you think that that's something that you'll you'll do with your family to to give your dad some some glory years on? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I could convince my husband to do something. 
I like it. Well, you know, I, I think really it's about getting to know people and understanding yes. not just understanding right. them not just in a business context, but but having all of the richness right. of stories like this. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> now it sort of leads yeah. on to the next question, and yeah. it's a difficult one to answer. But yeah. I'm interested to understand whether you learn more from success or failure. Oh, oh, do I learn more from success? I mean, I really think I learn more from personally from uh, from failure. Um, I think um, what that makes me do uh, more often is step back uh, and say, okay, well, what what happened? Um, what could we have done uh, differently? Um, what how did we need to look at something differently? Was it me? Was it the team? Is it the client? Whatever it was. I think sometimes when we have success, we kind of check the box and we move on. And then sure. we don't often say, well, what, wh why were we successful? Um, what made the difference? And I think you, again, just check the box and you go on your merry way with a success. So I think from, from my perspective, uh, failure is more important. It makes me, re I reflect on things more. Um, cause I tend to also beat myself up a little bit. So that's probably why I reflect on it more. Sure. And, okay. What, what, what should we have done differently or what should I have done differently? I think that's a really interesting point. And I think that that ability to, to step back and, and have the painful review and conversations mm -hmm. and, and, and learn is, um, yeah, is definitely very fruitful. Are there any significant challenges that you've navigated in your career that you've drawn particular strength or insight from that you'd like to share? Um, that's a good question. Um, um, I think the I think one of the challenges was when I was doing all of the work, um, as I mentioned originally around that cross-border lease transaction work. Um, we had a lot of clients we worked with in that space and um, we had large projects and it was a very steady flow. And then, you know, the IRS came in and shut that down. I had to really um, retool and remake myself. Um, now I had a base to work with, but I had to step back and say, okay, um, you know, what, what do I do now? I, you know, so. I have skill set. I have knowledge. How can I utilize that to reframe myself uh, and continue uh, my success? And so I think that was the first time I had such a, a drastic shift I had to undertake. Sure. Um, and I don't think I've actually had one as dramatic as that. So that was one I, again, but it was good thing is I wasn't doing it alone. Um, mm -hmm. There were others with me, and so we had to, you know, step back and say, okay, well, what, how can we take our skill set in the U.S. market? What can we do? But it really was, you know, a, a real shift uh, to develop new relationships, um, you know, and, and create relationships to be able to to grow and basically grow a new business. Gee, that's that's really interesting. I mean, it 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 
reminds me of a time about 12 or 13 years ago when I first came across LinkedIn and I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, look, that looks interesting, but I'm too busy. I don't have time to learn that. I'm just going to dismiss it. And, you know, I I very quickly realised the error in my way. And, I mean, although a much smaller example compared to um, the entire focus of your career like you're talking about, it really does reinforce to me the importance of staying relevant and up-to-date and yes. and yeah. being self-driven and and pushing yourself because you know right. you, you very quickly can become outdated or well I guess yeah. even more significantly for you in that case really interesting right yeah I mean I think I look at the same way with kind of the the mix of generation in the U.S. right when I sure. started doing work in the U.S. it was then it was fossil fired plants right I was doing <laughs> coal plants and gas plants and a lot of them were changing hands and they were that, that was the market. And then 12 years ago, someone said, oh, here's a, a wind farm. Can you do it? And I said, well, I haven't done it before, but let me try it. Um, and I'm glad I did because, yes. as I mentioned, the mix and the portfolio has, re- has really changed. And I feel like I got in, I was fortunate to get in at the right time um, to really be able to have a lot of experience when the market really started opening up and becoming more prominent. So you do have to be open to new ideas, think about things differently, because you never know what will make you relevant Mm -hmm. or keep you relevant or make you irrelevant, right? It doesn't mean you have to be completely scattered, but you need to have different touch points and connections. You you do. And, you know, if you look at that that pivot in with the example of um, of renewables, it's well, many many would not have pre- predicted it 10, 15 years ago. No, mm. no, I, no one, and I'm not saying I did either. <laughs> believe me, <laughs> but I said, you know, let me, you know, let me do it. Let me, it'll be fun. It'll be different. Um, so I was not looking into a crystal ball, believe me, at that time. But I'm glad I jumped on it. <laughs> oh well, you know, we could keep that between ourselves, Marlene. I think <laughs> I think you're on to a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So building on that a little bit, what does career nirvana look like for you? Oh, career nirvana. Wow. Um, That's a great question. Um, I I like variety. Um, So in in essence, um, I I do my work in valuation, and that's in renewables. I have my leadership roles in in renewables, um, which may allow me to bring people together uh, run a conference, put thought leadership out there, be interviewed, you know, by, by the press, um, and also my role, as I mentioned, as lead client service partner. To me, I, you know, that's really kind of an ideal um, mix for me because I'm being challenged in different ways in those roles. But ultimately, I would want to continue to be um, a leader around renewables and be very active in renewable energy. It's very important to me when I look at renewable energy and what it means um, to the environment, what it means to communities. And so I never want to, at this point, lose my touch with renewable energy because I feel very strongly about it um, and I understand the importance of it. Now, my role within renewable energy could change over time and and I would be fine with that, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to lose connection with that. And also I don't want to lose connection with people. I can't 
be sitting behind a desk all the time, just crunching numbers. I'm more of a, a, a people person, you know, talking so, to people, interacting with them, and um, being able to, to bring, you know, broader solutions even beyond valuation. So I think those two are key, renewable energy, and then working with people in a, uh, in a broader sense of helping them or a company, a people or a company, you know, kind of solve their problems and, and um, change how they look at things um, in the market. Sounds like a great mix. I, I I share that in terms of getting a lot of energy from working with with other people mm. and and tricky problems and working on on projects and in areas that that I'm deeply passionate yeah. about. I yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think lucky we're lucky to be able to do that. Um, but equally yes. take a massive amount of pleasure and and energy from it. Yes. Now we yes, have a few exactly. Yeah, we have a few fun questions to close okay. out. Marlene, tell me your favorite song and why. Okay, so you know, I'm gonna disappoint you because I cannot <laughs> I can't think of one song. That's my problem. But what I'd rather what I'd like to say is, and I know this is maybe a little odd, is I really love disco music and I love 70s music. So, <laughs> That's not odd, it's fabulous. Um, I, you know, it's fun. It's a great variety. I love to dance. So, you know, if I think about favorite bands, like I love Donna Summer, I love the Bee Gees. Yeah. But that's really my venue of music. You know, today, sometimes, you know, it's not like I don't love current music or I didn't like 80s or 90s music. But for me, you know, I love to have the, you know, the 70s channel on in my car yes. um, to listen to that music. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That sounds great. <laughs> now tell maybe me. Maybe that's from when I was, maybe when I was growing up, my parents had an eight-track tape player and we had, um, we did have Saturday Night Fever and we did have Donna Summer. So maybe the, that's why Magic. that's still yeah, my brain. I love it. So. Oh, that sounds excellent. <laughs> tell me, if you could invite three guests, living mm -hmm. or not, for dinner, who would they be? Yeah. Okay, so this one was, I'll, I have to say this was difficult, but I, I what I've narrowed it down is um, my, I would love to be able to sit with my, uh, my father's uh, parents, um, both of which, um, you know, died when I was fairly young, just to ask them more about uh, when they were growing up, uh, when they, their families immigrated, what was it like? Um, I've, you know, I feel like, I mean, I have my, my dad's been great and done my family history and he's done all this research, but to actually physically talk to them about what the struggles they went through, um, you know, how did they feel about, you know, moving to a new place and, and um, growing up at the time they did, I think that would be really interesting. And then the other person have to say would be Oprah Winfrey and the reason is she's met so many people um, she has and I'm sure she has such fabulous stories and she seems like she'd be so much fun and down to earth so I would just use her as a venue to ask about lots of different people and different experiences she's had because I think she's had such a wide variety 
that I would just learn a lot and enjoy my time with her. So I, two very different um, perspectives. Oh, I like it. Well, as I as I sit here in Chicago speaking to you, you know, long time, long time uh, home of yes. Oprah, I, I I like that connection. I, I also think yes. the the story of how she she built up a great career from what I understand yes. was a really um, oh. underprivileged yeah. background is incredibly inspiring as well well exactly exactly and and being a you know and being a minority right um, yeah you yes. know there were there weren't many people like her you know I think to use as when she was growing up to, to use as a role model so I, I think you're definitely right on that part as well yeah absolutely um, and Marlene what's the best piece of business advice you have ever been given yeah I think um I think one of them is you need to really toot your own horn and highlight your own accomplishments. I think sometimes, um, and, and I don't know if this is more of a, a female thing or maybe a generational thing, but sometimes I feel like we, we assume, well, people will know what I did. Mm. They'll remember that. Yep. And that's not the case. Um, and so we need to be out there saying, hey, don't forget this this is exactly what I did. This is the value it added. Yes. Um, this is how versatile I am. And I think oftentimes we don't do that. And, we, and I think, again, I think it's more of a, a female thing. And, and maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I agree with we you. Don't, we don't do it enough. And so, therefore, we kind of, I think, get marginalized or we're not really recognized for, for everything we do. Um, mm -hmm. And shame on us. We, we should, it's, it's, we're not bragging. We're simply saying what we did but sometimes that's hard yeah it, it is hard I, I am pushing myself heavily yeah. out of my comfort zone to get better at doing yeah. that but it's not something that I do innately or comfortably or naturally right mm. exactly okay and Marlene the final question that I would like to ask you is mm -hmm. whether there whether you have any career advice for listeners out there mm. okay well, I, you know, I think I'm a little bit rare because I can tell when I interview, interview, you know, kind of um, some prospective new hires who are graduating from undergrad or when they're graduating from maybe grad school. And I talk about how long I've been at Deloitte uh, and my, my, you know, my career. I think their eyes get big and they think, oh, my gosh, how could you, you know, you stayed at someplace 23 years. So sure. what, what I would say is, um, and I think sometimes the tendency now is to, you know, um, not like something about a job and want to quickly move. I guess yes. I would say to someone, you know, it's really important to like the people you work with. You're not going to like everybody, but you need to like that culture. You need to like the people because you're with them so much of the time. Mm -hmm. And second is not every day or every week or every month is going to be fabulous, right? There yes, are going to be yes. ups and downs, but you learn from those ups and downs. It makes you stronger. You learn about yourself. And, you know, when you have the ability, um, you know, to develop a great network and you get opportunities with an organization, you know, as you evolve and you change, I mean, nothing can replace that. Um, and so I guess I would like to people to be a little bit more patient um, 
and understand, you know, the importance of the fact that you should like the people you're, you're working with. Those are two very important things. You're right. I think culture is so important. And, you know, if I think back to some of the the, the lessons that you talked yeah. about earlier when, when yeah. you had two sponsors or senior people within the firm right. pull you aside and say, hey, listen, I've identified some great potential in you. Right. I think part of that is longevity or some some solid time at an organization to be able to build those relationships and for people to see you and to develop those deep connections and that doesn't happen immediately no it doesn't and I think about when I you know I had a couple jobs as I mentioned in engineering and you know I didn't think I realized at the time but I think what I realized afterward is those I didn't really like the culture of those organizations I didn't feel connected I didn't feel like I was part of a broader a broader team and that this is someplace, you know, I would want to grow and develop. When I came to Deloitte, I, it was a very different. Um, and I haven't really lost that connection or that feeling, you know, even heading into my, you know, 23rd year. <laughs> which which is wonderful. And I, I felt the same way when I joined Deloitte. I thought I can... I can have all of my energy on display here. I I had come from a slightly more conservative um, background where I needed to just tamp down my my true energy and enthusiasm. And I just love that I can bring all of that to work. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I... I think that's probably the same way too. I'm I'm more of an A pers- A type personality, and the engineering environments I w- were in, you know, didn't really um, and support that or uh, encu- you know encourage that. Sure. Um, yes. No. So you know, it's it's great, and I I I really like the people that I you know that I I work with um, and that I deal with really more from an industry perspective. You know, we, we're connected. Um, because we are involved in renewable energy, we're involved in power and utilities, you know, and, and we have that connection and I wouldn't have met them otherwise, yes. but they're people that I enjoy being with, uh, that I trust, um, you know, and, and that makes a big difference. Oh, it, ma- it makes a massive difference, that connection, I think, absolutely. Well, Marlene, I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. I, you've had a number of really interesting thoughts and um, discussions, which I, I am keen to go away and reflect on. And, and I'm, I know that listeners are going to really enjoy this as well. So thank you very much. I'm really grateful for your time. Well, you know, Katie, thanks for the opportunity. This was a lot of fun. You know, I think you um, you asked me some questions that made me really think and reflect on things. Um, so, you know, it's always valuable to, to be able to do that. So I I appreciate it. Um, and thank you so much. I've, I really enjoyed getting to know you as well. And, um, you know, again, that's part of being at Deloitte. I get to meet new people and I feel very fortunate that I've been able to connect with you. Ah, wonderful. Thanks so much, Marlene. Me too.